Hello and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. This is episode 75, Nolan, a nice round number, sort of. I'm Bruce, and as always, I'm joined once again by Nolan. What's happening? What's up, dude? 75 episodes? Man, uh, we've actually surpassed that a while ago, but we... Uh, we've got some bonus episodes that are not labeled as actual episodes, so check those out. I think we actually have like 86 episodes. Um, so yeah, 86 episodes, 150,000 downloads. Thank you everyone for listening and thanks in advance for listening to us talk about Camden all the way through West Palm Beach. Bruce, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot. Um, yeah, we just we kind of took a week off there and let let everything settle in uh, after Camden. I mean, there were going to be a lot of shows there that last ten days or so um, of this leg of the tour, really that first leg. And I mean, yeah, they had six shows, um, three, three, four, four different venues, mm. um, and a lot, a lot of good stuff. Nolan, um, and uh, some of the venues, well, one of the venues we've both been to, uh, Alpharetta, we want to go to, but we've been to Atlanta, so we can count that, and I've been to Camden before, so we can say that we've been to three of the four areas. How about that? Yes, and we've been to West Palm many times. I know. We need to go again. It's too bad we couldn't make it, but um, alas, uh, finances and families uh, run our decisions for the most part. So that's why you don't see us at that many shows and we recap from afar, but we do the best that we possibly can. Um, and we did some research, Nolan, we went back, we dug in, we found YouTube videos, we found serious streams. Uh, thank you tapers, uh, that were, that have posted their stuff. Those that will post their stuff. We can't wait to listen to that from Camden and West Palm as well. Uh, we tuned into couch tour. We had people on the ground sending us stuff. Oh yeah. Nolan, we have plenty to talk about and to recap, don't we? Sure do. So we might as well get us started with Camden night one, Bruce. Um, I have not been to Camden, but it seems like, you know, it's one of the places to be on the DMB tour that, uh, you know, you're always going to get something cool. I know you saw um, there in 2013 that that, uh, that live tracks release, which is uh, a banger of a show with that encore. Oh, my God. Tasty. Ooh. What was that encore? Re- Graves reprise, pig two step. Yeah, it was O Graves reprise, pig two step, and that came after the uh, typical ants Halloween first ever ants into Halloween direct seg right. segue there. Um, but I mean, you're, you're underselling like Dream Girl opener, Nolan. Uh, when you have that. You know, you're getting a stellar show. Um, yeah, that 2013 one night two and 2010 night two is actually very, very good. But yeah, let's dig into Camden. I wouldn't say necessarily, I guess, to um, speak to your point that Camden is a destination venue outside of the actual show itself. I don't, you know, there's there's tailgating and stuff, um, but it's not the best area ever. Philly's cool. 
Um, but you're really going there for, well, Dave treats you. And I think that he treated them uh, to two good nights here. So Nolan, lead us in Camden night one. Um, what was going on and what went down? And let's uh, let's dig into these six shows real quick. Yeah, first off, R.I.P. Tony Bennett. That was the house music playing yes. at Camden um, before night one, his passing. Um, band uh, doing a little tribute to him there with that. But then, um, it's nice. yeah, it's nice. They they seem to typically acknowledge stuff like that. Um, but yeah, started off with a Virginia in the Rain opener. That's back-to-back shows. Interesting. Um, it's a... Kind of reminds me of that, uh, like a dream so real opener, like very, very low key. Um, love the song. I don't know if it's the best opener, but depends on what you're looking for. If you want something that, you know, hits you in the mouth first thing and gets the energy going, probably not Virginia in the Rain, but beautiful song regardless, Bruce. <laughs> uh, and that, in the second slot, a liberation, Bruce. Yes, yeah, someone hit us on Twitter, said, Stop saying the word liberation. No. Stop stop <laughs> well, wasting why? your time typing it. stupid stuff like that at us. No, we're going to keep saying <laughs> it. God. Yeah, help myself liberation, Bruce. First one since 2019. That was in Paris. And Bruce, you were actually at the last mm-hmm. one in America, which was that Camden show we were talking about 10 years ago. Um, That's so wild. It's so wild. And I have also seen a help myself liberation and that was West Palm Beach, night two in 2008. So a lot of weird stuff with help myself in our in our personal stats there and Camden. So, yeah, I, I wonder what what it is. is Camden, about. the place for help myself. I guess. I it's guess. an interesting song, uh, interesting backstory to it. Could have been on before these crowded streets, but was chosen for the scream soundtrack album um yeah i'd love to know some of the decision making um that went into that and and kind of what has happened to the song over the years truly peaked i think in 03 at a central park concert but seems like they haven't really found their footing with it um maybe not the best version that we've heard and i think that version in 08 I think Boyd was just all over the place in that one. Um, <laughs> oh, Boyd. But, um, yeah, I've always liked the song. I think it's a good song. It sounds like a a DMB song. Um, oh, yeah. Streets era, for sure. Almost like a little, like a distant relative of Halloween. Yeah. Um, absolutely agree with that. It is very interesting. It's very it's it's dark it's straightforward it's in your face on the on the darkness uh but a a great song nonetheless another good dave guitar situation going on there but yeah i would i would agree that this may not have been the best sounding one i hope they continue to play it when they come back from the break uh just to give it a couple more runs they gave it another shot in in west palm um but did not get to give that one a listen, actually. This one, I did not necessarily like that Buddy was trying to mimic the the violin parts. It didn't didn't work here. Mm -hmm. I think that Buddy can do that, and it works in places. This one didn't work. He was a little, missed a few spots, but don't blame him. I mean, mean, the the guy had uh, 
only played it maybe once or twice before. Uh, I don't know how many times they played it overseas that year in 2019. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, a handful of times, maybe max. So I wouldn't expect him to necessarily <laughs> nail that uh, really first time out. But yeah, cool, cool spot. I mean, liberation in the two hole. Hey, here you go. And um, go, going on down the the set, really, you know, fairly uh, standard for the most part. Um, some some nice treats in there. And honestly, one of our favorite things from this show is um, it came out of mistakes. Came out of another train wreck Rapunzel. Yes. It makes its return. I mean, that should be uh, constituted as a liberation. No, we'll <laughs> call train wreck Rapunzel. It needs to be denoted as such on the almanac. Yeah, oh, it really should. When, what was the other, like, there have been a couple, but what's the the, the oh. famous one? When was that from? The one is, I think it was actually might have been late 90s but i can't remember it could have been early 2000s yeah, somewhere around there um we'll we'll do some research here in a second but i was at one that in virginia beach one year that became i think it opened the show and it was yeah it was minaret's tease into uh pantala rapunzel and um they went off the rails there and then dave addressed it you know, he was like, I was going off doing something like flying off, but thanks for keeping me and holding me down. Um, <laughs> he was all over the place playing wrong guitar parts, but this one was really, was really Carter Nolan. And I think, you know, honestly, because Carter is so epic that he did it on purpose and he wanted to challenge the guys. He was probably a little bored of Rapunzel mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? How about if I play a little offbeat here, see what you guys come up with? Oh, I think that's exactly what happened. He was, he heard our <laughs> discussion with Ryan Storm about everybody like changing up the solos every night. And he was just like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now, yeah. Dave. You guys will, you guys will adjust to me and yeah. smile on his face the whole time and have some clarification here. Twelve thirteen ninety eight is the infamous train wreck Rapunzel. But if you Google train wreck Rapunzel, there are many uh, many things that come up. Here's a Reddit thread. Wow, what happened on this Rapunzel in Brazil? And uh, <laughs> trouble with Rapunzel seven twenty uh, ten. Yeah, so you know that's the one I think from Virginia Beach. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, that's the one you were at. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that time signature, man, I think it just like throws everyone for a loop. And um, oh, it's so good. That's, I feel like a lot of remember Bela when we interviewed Bela. If you don't remember when we interviewed Bela, go check it out because that's uh, one of the best episodes we've done. All thanks to the legend Bela Fleck, banjo. Oh yes, maestro. Um, he said he was like playing along to Rapunzel and was like, what in the world is this? Like, he was like, that song blew me away. Um, but yeah, yeah, I actually thought like this version of Rapunzel was, it was so fun. Like, it's not just the same thing. And you said it earlier before we were recording, but like DMB was an actual jam band here for like five minutes. Um, dude, they sounded so great. Everyone adjusting on the fly. I loved it. Uh, so this is two thumbs up for me. Way to go, Carter. 
I know it was it was really so cool and some of it you know where where they're just finding their way and going into something and they're like all right well we've never really done this before so that's okay and then when they mess up again they're like well we've never done this before let's try it again and they even out and then when they even try to end it Carter doesn't end and uh, then it's like a Carter Buddy Fonz improv ending and it's just kind of like man this is probably what they do if they get in the studio or if they do a uh, sound check and they just do some jamming this is what this kind of gives you a little peek into that a little bit and i think it's awesome like i want this it would never be but i want this released just that song put it on a warehouse disc um i dare you warehouse but they'll never do it dave wouldn't approve or, or others probably because of the performance but i thought it was fantastic just like you did nolan and so much fun uh, i can't wait to listen to it again and it's uh, it's really cool to watch as well I almost wish we had um, professional video shot of that to be able to watch it. Um, but we could go, we could go on and on about that because we could dive into, you know, and dissect every single little bar of music that they were playing there. It was so cool and unique. Are we not doing uh, that? But we need to get through the show. That? What? Huh? We're not doing that. Oh yeah. Well, so the first, the first mistake <laughs> came um, four minutes <laughs> and fifteen seconds in, and Carter came in a beat early. Um, but yeah, y'all go back and check it out because it's absolutely, it's a treat and really, really cool. Nolan, rest of the show, I mean, we're, we're going through a, a little standard run here with Looking for a Vein, Old Dirt Hill. I want you into After Everything. Then you get Recently, and this is where we get another interesting portion of the show mm-hmm. and where Camden Night One actually kind of went a little viral across, um, I mean, all of the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because of necessarily the performance, but it was more so of Dave himself and his reaction. Nolan, set the scene for us. Tell us what went down and why Dave Matthews went viral for a pretty badass reason. Yeah, so recently, Jam, everyone knows it, everyone loves it, everyone gets a chance to shine on that one, and Dave's kind of in the shadows, front of the stage. Um, not his turn to, to solo, if you will. But uh, all of a sudden, he just starts screaming at the audience, going bananas. Like, so angry. The angriest we have ever seen Dave Matthews. Um, I, I mean, it's got to be. Definitely worse than Trenchcoat Guy. That was Carter's moment of it anger. Was, Dave was just like, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, when Carter got that angry, I think Dave was angrier now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was... Pointing at somebody, cussing them out, telling them, you got to get out of here. Get the F out. F you. I don't know what I hit. <laughs> a lot of Fs. But, uh, man, um, I guess some guy bullied his way to the front, some big dude, and was, like, knocking people over is what it sounded like. Um, Trying to intimidate, I believe, as well. Yeah. And just, you know, not spreading good vibes like most people do at dmb shows um so dave didn't like that and he got the guy booted see ya don't come back don't let the door hit you on the way out kindly leave and uh i didn't really see like anything else about it from the band um except buddy i think reposted it um 
maybe uh, maybe reposted the Gorge Cruise reel of it or something and said like we're all, okay. we're all about like love and peace and love or whatever. Um, sure. But yeah, man, Dave was heated. So heated. Um, yeah, I think I think you nailed it on what happened there. Are multiple stories, obviously. Some people have said they were the ones standing right around him. Some people have said it from you know further back and watching. Um, but yeah, what the the best part about it is that Dave did it right at the part of the song where he's he's kind of looking into the crowd and he's going go away, go away, go away, and then goes off to the side, yeah. and that's when they start doing the little jam, and then he's get out, and it was so perfect that that was that part of the song. Um, it reminded me of when Taylor Swift uh, did was doing a show recently and did her, um, I think it was. Crap, now that I'm trying to remember it, it was one of her songs, and um, she was telling the security guard in the front row to leave the person alone. Um, and, you know, kind of in, in the middle of her song, perfectly saying whatever the words were, and then talking about, the, leave her alone, stop, hey, stop it, um, and all of this stuff. And it, and it actually made sense with the, with the song, and I'm completely blanking on what song it was, but it worked well. It worked well here for Dave, and that jerk off uh, got removed, thank God. Yeah. Um, there's no place for that. So if you're going to do that, just, just stay home and keep your hands to yourself, I guess. Um, not cool, but only the third recently of the tour, Nolan, as you said, fireworks in this one, not only off the stage, um, on the stage with Dave, uh, but the band, they crushed it there as well. Just so, so good. Um, as we continue on, so damn lucky monsters. This was a great version. This song is continuously getting better a monster every time they play it it is just it is so good same for grace is gone but man as a new song monsters has been fantastic and then nolan (laughs) right here lucky number 13 song of the night another liberation uh for those of you who are offended um a song that i i wouldn't have guessed that was coming to be played uh this year uh hunger for the great light nolan big time liberation there in camden how about them apples Oh man, hell yeah! <laughs> uh, you know what? This song, I honestly pretty much for, have forgotten about it. Uh, yeah, uh, we saw it so much in the mid mid two thousands, oh five, oh six, oh seven ish, and uh, you know, not it pops its head up maybe once a tour. I don't know, once every other tour. Um, I guess actually it's been like longer than that uh, for this one, but first one since July twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Why does that show keep coming up? Oh my gosh, Bruce, you were there, West Palm Beach, um, one of your favorite encores uh, those weekends. <laughs> come tomorrow, come tomorrow's two times, but uh, uh, yeah, Hunger Lib. It's short. It packs a punch. I don't hate it. Um, don't hate it there. Yeah, it's maybe some of the worst lyrics in the catalog, uh, but yeah, it's it, that's so wild that I was at the last one of that, um, and then the last American helped myself, and that helped myself was in the same show as the other time that I'd seen Hunger in the last ten years, which was that same Camden Night Two show that opened with Dream Girl, and that was so fantastic what? and had Hunger. Nolan, how many times do you think Hunger for the Great Light has been played by Dave Matthews Band? Oh my no god. That's a great question. Um wow, I'm going to say 
157. 144. Oh, shoot. 129 of those were from 2005 to 2007. Well, basically just nailed all of that. So that was awesome. Wow. Like, they played it 130 times, basically, in three years. We saw it at every show, just about, in that time. Man, yeah, 05 was, I think, every show, and then 06, pretty much. Um, Wow. Yeah, but welcome back, Hunger. Um, Every, you know, once every five years is fine. Uh, No, but it's it's sometimes fun, so it's okay to pop up. It's, har- it's then, harmless. Then they bring it back down. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's three whatever. minutes and 36 three seconds. Three and a half minutes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Um, next song, Spaceman. Uh, kind of kind of a little lull in the set, if you will, maybe. Um, we like Spaceman. It's pretty cool. But it, it never really gets great reactions on the boards or it shows too, too much. Late in the evening uh, cover. Where is, um, where, where is our other Paul Simon? No one. We, we need it. You can call me Where out. Where is it? Like, like that. We um, need it. But I I kind of dig this run here of Spaceman, Late in the Evening, Cha-Cha. I think that's kind of cool. Um, I th- I've said it once. I'll say it again. Spaceman may be DMB's most underrated song. I like it. I I like the take. I like Spaceman. So Thank good you. call. And I like Cha-Cha a lot. Um, late in the Evening is cool. I, I mean, it's not... Okay, on paper, maybe a lull. I think listening is actually sounds pretty good because yeah, you're, you're talking to me. Okay, into it. hey, like here's it. a the end of the no, set. He, no, no, no. Here's a question. You just threw me one about help myself or uh, hunger for the great light. So here's one for you. Would you take? What would you rather hear? Late in the evening. Take me to tomorrow. Or slip sliding away. Late in the evening. Okay. I think easily. Easily. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I like slip sliding away in the acoustic set. I don't know how much I'd want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. And take me to tomorrow. No. No, I'm good. <laughs> um, take me to tomorrow. <laughs> Dang. All right. uh, Nolan, the, can we can we can we talk about the end of this set, please? Because if you place these two songs that come up next back to back literally anywhere oh. ever it's almost the best two song run you can possibly have i mean it's one of the best two song runs you can possibly have and with this one song in particular coming this late in the set it's very very rare the stone and two step oh. right here to close the main set unbelievable i i, I didn't I would, you know, you get that late in the set, you're never thinking stone, ever. Ever. And for good reason, because we've got some advanced stats here for you. I mean, just analytics up the wazoo here. We really put in the work on (laughs) this one. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is like Moneyball (laughs) right now. Uh, This is only the third time these songs have been played back-to-back at a DMB show. Ever. Yes. Uh, it's happened three times at Dave and Tim's shows, but those have been early to mid-set. Um, this is only the second time these songs have closed the set. The first time being SPAC 2000 and... Do you know? 
One. Ooh, I'm sorry, sir. That is incorrect. Four. Ooh, getting close, sir. No, 2004 Stone was second, I think, in that show. It was a one-nighter. 2005. Yes. Yes. And... Yes. Uh, yeah, you know what else was played at that show? Third Time's a Charm. What? Hunger for the Great Light. <laughs> Twice, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that show actually featured a Dream Girl segue into Hunger for the Great Light, and then... Followed up with a Nancy's segue Ooh. into a partial 34. What? Oh, wow. Uh, silliness. That's neat. Spack silliness right there. But uh, going back to the stats, Bruce, it's only the second time those two songs have closed the set. That is wild. That is epic. It's probably the best thing about this Camden weekend, in my opinion. Um, it might be, and until we get to the next show, but very early on in the next show. But yeah, it it may be. It was really, really awesome, and I I would be ecstatic. I I just wouldn't even care what the encore was. I wouldn't even care if there was an encore after something like this. No, fantastic. Um, and this version is good. It's pretty cool because. The outro never really builds. It's really this, nor- it starts normally um, when they go into the Jeff solo, but it gets quiet and pretty soft, and it's kind of more, um, it never gets wild, like Jeff never goes crazy. It's kind of more jazzy, and they never build it up, and I think it was because two steps coming next, so they're saving Carter. Um, and I was wondering, like, oh, well, maybe maybe the stone is now just taking a different little tone in the outro or something. So we'll see. We have another version to talk about later. We'll see how that one ended up winding up being. But I think it's because two-step comes next, Nolan. And I've got a bone to pick, actually, with the almanac here because they're they're saying that this was a segue um, or a seg. I don't know how this is pronounced. Segue. I I hear it differently now. We're just going to go with segue. I think it's always what we've said. Um, I don't really know why they have that double arrow right there on stone into two-step. There's a pause, distinct pause, Almanac. Take it off. As much as I want it to be there, it's not there, okay? It's not a segue, so um, Corner of Gray Street's slap on the wrist is coming for you. We're fact-checking you. No segue. Get it off of there, Dan, now. Um, (laughs) But... Regardless of segue or not, two step comes next, Nolan, and I'll let you talk about Stone if you want to. But man, just listening to these back to back, maybe I was just high off of the Stone, and this two step is just a beast. But these two steps this year, holy smokes! And this is just another example of that. Unreal, Bruce, and it's got that uh, that stoned again. Outro, love that, love it, Dave. Um, but yeah, man, two step has been crushing, absolutely. Um, I listened to one version of this uh, earlier today. It may have been, um, I don't think it was this one, but they just like they have been kicking it into high gear, like. Like the 12, 12 and a half minute mark, it's just like 
how fast can we play? And I mean, <laughs> the whole like, oh, Carter's too tired. He's too old to play two step. Nope. You can take that Man. take and throw it away, put it somewhere else. Uh, this stuff is nasty, Bruce. Yeah. And everyone needs to apologize for saying that and then stuff your sorries in a sack. Um, yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. So good. And it seems like, you know, they're breathing new life into two step here. They've got multiple little solo sections with Carter having one buddy joining in with Carter. Um, and you know, I used to like the old, some of the old Butch Carter two steps in like Oh seven, um, when they would play them a little more up tempo and not as long of a softer solo section, but when they played some of those up tempo and Carter was crushing and Butch was crushing, these are some of those. And just again, I mean, it's it's just disgusting. There's great interplay here between those two, and it's great. I mean, just I, I can't say enough about it. Great way to end the set. I mean, it's almost like man. I, do we even come back for a second night after all? Do we come back for an encore? I mean, what are we going to do here? That was just too damn good. But they did come back for an encore, Nolan. Yeah, they did. Seven into Crush encore. So interesting. Wow. Uh, let me ask. That's insane. Let me ask you, if if before this year someone said, Nolan, this year DMB is going to play one of these songs in the encore a lot. They're actually going to close with it a lot. And then the other song is going to pop up in the encore once. Um, and it's, you know, first in a long time. And they said, it's going to be seven and crush. Would you think crush would be that, um, the closer one or the rare one? And would you even believe someone saying seven and crush are going to be in an encore? No, I wouldn't believe any of it. No way. I love what they're doing with the encore awesome. like this. Uh, I wish they'd been doing it all summer, but I mean, lately it has just been big time. Um, this is the 21st time these two songs have been played back to back, which I was surprised by. Um, yeah, I didn't. Wow. What? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, seven got played so many times in, uh, Oh nine and 2010. Most of those, uh, back to backs were in 2010, but yeah, the only seven encore appearance wild. Um, you know, I would have been a fan of this just for the variety, uh, just for the rarity, the uniqueness. I'm, I'm all for all of that. Um, Bruce, you noted this does count as a segue. So Almanac, you got you got a little. <laughs> this one counts. Yeah, you got it right with this one. Okay. Um, but Bruce, we need to kind of move on from the show and get going. But uh, you like Jeff's effects on. Um, like a wah effect as he was uh, going on in the crush intro. Yeah, it, it, I think Jeff's starting to play around with his pedals and affects a little more uh, this tour. He did it a little bit last year too, and this is what we were talking about mm-hmm. for a while on this podcast. We love uh, when Jeff does that and gets a little creative and just a little wild and loosey-goosey up there. And he used to do that when he first kind of joined in 08, 09. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was using all sorts of stuff. And even Rashawn is stepping into that as well. Um, so that was really cool to hear and really interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear the taper pull and then um, compare it on the Sirius stream. And I was actually listening to this one on YouTube stream. So that's obviously straight from 
the person's seat and it was super noticeable. So I want to see how it was throughout maybe the venue. You know, sometimes things can get a little different. Uh, sometimes the XM stream doesn't pick up on the effects as well. It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, nevertheless, awesome, awesome way to uh, close out night one. I think, um, you know, with crushes, just super sick. Uh, and our guy, Kev, he sent in another recap of the weekend. These were his 81st and 82nd shows, Nolan. So we're going to um, we're gonna shout him out and uh, just talk a little bit about what he had to say. Obviously, help myself in the second slot. What? Weird. That's his sixth help myself. Uh, but first in 19 years to the day at the same venue, also July 21st, back in 2004. Um, he didn't think it sounded very good. Um, he said it sounded kind of bad, to be honest. <laughs> so we kind of talked about that a little bit. And then he talked about the other liberation, Hunger for the Great Light. Another what the huh moment. His 21st hunger, Nolan. Um, I mean, it's like they've played it times eight. Eight more times <laughs> than that since they've played them like 150, 160 times. But his first one in 16 years. Again, another long gap for Kev. Uh, so he saw 20 of them. Out of the 130, we said, were played between 05 and 07, Kevin saw uh, 20 of those. Uh, but he saw it was tight and fun, a better performance than Help Myself. Mm. Nolan, um, any more? So thanks, obviously, for sending us that, uh, Kev. We really appreciate it. So shout out to you for your 81st show. Nolan, anything else on night one before we go into night two? We went long on night one. That was We talked a lot. We did. I think these uh, next few are going to go a little faster. Um, not, not as <laughs> much... Uh, not as many interesting things happening except to start the show. Oh my goodness. Dreaming tree opener, Bruce. This never happens. Uh, it's the first time opening a show since August 30th, 2008 at the gorge. That was less than two weeks after Roy's passing. So I'm sure that played into it uh, a bit, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is a rarity. Hardly ever played. 12 plays since 2015. And we saw one of those. Did we see more than one in that time? Um, I know we saw it last year in Atlanta. Um, but man, yeah, that was, uh, what a treat. Dreaming Tree opener. Come on. It's really, really cool. I, I was stunned to see that pop up, obviously. Um no liberation, which is rare for Dreaming Tree. If it shows up as a tour debut, it's kind of been liberated because it never gets played. Like you said, only just a few times over the last decade or so. Um, yeah, last year in Atlanta was only my second one. Um, I think I've seen, I've had it cut a time or two. Well, I saw it Dave and Tim, so that's three, but two full band. Um, and the other one was in 07, so it took me 15 years to see it again. Um, hey, uh, so how many times do you think Dreaming Tree has opened a show? I'll go with five. Mm. Are you sure? Right, that's that's my guess. This was the seventh time. Oh, it was close. You were. Good job. Dang, pretty cool opener, uh, to be honest. And even though it's 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 a quiet one, um, another quiet start. This is this is the best. If you're gonna get a quiet song to open, this is it. Um, and it, you know, it, it obviously does build 
and we'll talk about that in just a second. But man, what a treat! Like this, what a treat! You, you're, if you're going in for for that, this literally one of the last songs that you're gonna pick to open. I mean, I bet you would probably say they're gonna play "Hunger for the Great Light" and repeat it and open the show with it before they play a Dreaming Tree opener. Almost, you know. I mean, so awesome. Oh yeah. Kudos, Dave. That is that is really really. Cool. No one called this. No one. Um, man, way to go, Dave. He's he's really stepped it up several notches um bruce and this outro here is like another one it's like sped up big time i don't know if it was they were feeling it as an opener and they were like let's you know let's kind of get after this a little bit but like tim and carter Fonz really like picking up the pace on this one um yeah you noted in 11 minutes um and it seemed like Tim could have just like started uh, started going off. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was great, and um, you know they just they picked up the pace super big, super super quick uh, there in the outro. And I don't know what it was, and I don't know how many different you know how many more beats per minute that they got it up to, but it was definitely noticeable once they got into the jam and um, just right at the very end. Tim was messing around and playing some stuff and it just sounded like he was ready to pick it right back up in solo. And I was like, go, go, yes, yes. And uh, they they fizzled and ended it, but <laughs> but alas. Nolan, I just remembered something. I saw a post somewhere where someone said that they yelled at Dave's bus when he was going by outside of Camden Night One, Dreaming Tree, or something like that. And Dave gave him a thumbs up and... Um, and then they opened with it the next night. So is Dave taking requests this year? What's going on? I don't know if that's true. You know, <laughs> people can say whatever, but well, he's changed because he did not take that monkey man request uh, very well. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, uh, fuck is this guy talking about?" What if we would yell "Dreaming Tree" at him? He would have given us a finger instead of a thumb. Yeah. So for anyone wondering what we're talking about, uh, Bruce and I. 10 years ago, went to Virginia Beach and probably one of the worst shows we've been to after the epic Charlotte show from two nights earlier. And we were on the rail and uh, Bruce made a sign that said, Monkey Man, do it. And Dave (laughs) just looked at him and was like, gave him a look like, huh? Who do you like? Who do you think you are asking for that song? He was like, look at this guy. I know they definitely were talking about it because like Dave kind of motioned I think and looked back at Carter almost to say yeah fat chance dumb shit <laughs> like you know like what is this guy doing he's got a foot joy glove on on his on his hat, hat. like I think he I had did. one of the oh my god just wouldn't oh idiot. those are getting posted um, now yeah those are those have to yeah get posted. we we had some fun we 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 had some fun um, but shows like that, actually, in 2013, I know it's a great tour, make me remember that 13 had some epic shows. Oh, yeah. But they also, there were some dumpster fires. And I think that, you know, some of the people being like, oh, well, this is the best tour since, like, the other, the 2013 tour. I think it's better so far, but we don't have to get into our tour breakdown just yeah. yet. Uh, we'll we'll save that for another episode, but yeah. Anyways, Nolan, let's let's do it. Okay, I, yeah. <laughs> let's Went off the rails on. there. Let's let's go through the rest of this like pretty quickly. Uh, interesting start of Drunken Soldier. Okay, he's back. 
Die Trying, American Baby Intro, Break Free, and then Do You Remember and Funny the Way It Is. And then, Bruce, we get the second maker uh, of the tour yes. after, excuse me, Madman's Eyes before that. And then the maker, the only thing, and then the second say goodbye of the tour. Okay, changing it up. Yeah. Then your favorite song, Sledgehammer, only the fourth play. Okay, Dave. <laughs> That's that's better. Um, mm-hmm. It could happen. Fifteenth play, and then well, Jane into water into wine, Nancy's, and then uh, probably the other highlight of the show here, Bruce. You get Jimmy thing into brick house. What would you say in ants to close? And that is all with Jeff Bradshaw guesting on the trombone. So the trombonio. Yeah, the horn section bulked up for these and um yeah, pretty cool uh pretty cool run there. What would you say ants to close? I think is like pretty classic. Yes. Yeah. I I I totally agree with that. Really cool, really cool way to close both main sets. What would you say ants night 2, the stone two step night 1? Um Bradshaw, uh, he he sounded good. Uh, yeah, Kev gave us a little note. He said that uh, he wasn't as familiar with him. Saw him sounded great. Looked like they were having fun, um, and it seemed like they were having a good enough time because they kept him out there. Printed set list didn't have him on ants, and they kept him out there for ants. So that's pretty awesome. Nolan, another note here from Kev, and this is this is just a great stat. This, these are the tidbits we love when people share, or when we find them, or whatever, and we'll get to share with you all. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kev, for pointing this out. These are the stats that we love to get sent to find out ourselves and to just share with you all because this is fantastic. So uh, Kev said that Under the Table and Dreaming is his favorite album. But until this last four-song run here of the main set of Nancy's Jimmy, What Would You Say in Ants, there had not been an Under the Table and Dreaming song played in Camden all weekend, which is wild. Um, And... What a stat and what a run. Dave must have been like, oh, well, well shit. No. All right, here, just shove them all in here. Yeah, and I'm glad he did. Uh, Bruce, how many shows do you think, what would you say in Ants have been played <laughs> back-to-back? <clears throat> Fifteen. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, never mind. I'm just kidding. What do you? What, what is it? I was actually, when I said 15, I was like, eh, it's probably way more than that. They're old. They are. 30, what, 32 uh, years? Back to back. 85. No, you were closer the first time. 33 shows. Okay. And uh, <laughs> full band, like, it's it's obviously less, but, you know, I thought it would have been way more like you. Mm. There, there's a couple of Dave and Tim's in here, Dave Solo, but it hadn't happened since uh, 2019, and then a couple times okay. in 2015, with one of those being on The Late Show with David Letterman, they played What Would You Say in Ants in 2015 on Letterman. Nice. What? Um, but then pre-2015... You get 2007, uh, 03, and then... Wait, that 2015 show was that Letterman um, thing where they debuted Black and Bluebird. They did the little set 
for his he did like that week of bands or it was a celebration of some sort for it's Letterman. His retirement. His, um, is that what it was? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Okay, it says before. What would you say Letterman notes that the band played that song on their first television performance, which was on his show in 1995? Um, so awesome. Yeah, it just it says what would you say an answer played for that um, for that show? But um, yeah, Bruce. One other time, uh, having a lot in '96 and '95, and one of those '96 shows mm-hmm. was when they opened for Bob Dylan, which. The great Sam Erickson talked about in one of our interviews. Yeah, so check that out. But yeah, I would have thought those two, I mean, would have been played a lot more together than that. Um, so, yeah, surprising statistics from the corner of Gray Street. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're just not getting it anywhere else. That's. That's like inside baseball, big time money ball stats right there. Uh, Bruce, pretty interesting encore here too. A partial little thing, Dave Solo into a Dave Solo funny how time slips away, followed by Stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't happened often either. Um, just a little bit of chord progression and wailing. Allegedly someone had a sign saying little thing on it down front dave's taking requests so that wraps up camden night two the camden weekend uh, i think it was you know a solid one with some all-time highlights um solid weekend mm-hmm. for camden bruce not bad not bad at all i think that i'd be very pleased if i had made it up there Um, And our man, Kev, gives one more little recap, and we had to point this out. So thanks also for telling this story, Kev. He says, finally, a good friend of his brought his son, 11 years old, to the show. They had left rail in the pit and were surrounded by great people in security all night. Got some amazing videos and photos as well. Dave waved at my friend's son a few times during the show, as Dave tends to do. And after Dave did one selfie right near them after the show and yelled something back like, uh, I got you, and pointed over there. So next thing they know... Uh, Tech came up to them, copy of the set list, and about 10 guitar picks. Uh, Some Dave, some Tim, and Kev actually got one of those guitar picks, so that was cool of them to share. And uh, he just wanted to point out and said that Dave and all the band members still get it, quote-unquote. They are first class all the way. They may not get it right every night for folks' wishes when it comes to the set list, but they are damn good at what they do, and I'm so happy they're still doing what they do. And we are too. That is a great point. I think Joe Lawler speaks to that a lot when we spoke to him um, about just what great guys these guys are. Um, so, you know, sometimes when we're bitching about the, uh, the um, you know, tough run of songs maybe that we think is not what we want to hear, um, the, those guys are still human beings that actually do care a lot about others, and especially the kids. Um, take care of the kids, and we, we love seeing that. Yes, we do. That is a great, great tidbit from Kevin. Thank you so much for sending that in. What a great correspondent we've had uh, during this run here. Big time from Kev. Yeah. Bruce. Um, and now that, you know. Okay, man. Yeah. Next up, Alpharetta, Georgia. No Lakewood this year. We did Lakewood last year. Thought about Alpharetta, but Tuesday night in Atlanta, a little hard to pull off. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not 
too upset about missing this one, um, although it had some pretty cool highlights. Bruce, Spaceman Opener. Uh, first time it's been played as a set opener since June 14th, 2014, and a show opener since 11-16-2010, and that show was also in Atlanta, um, but in Phillips Arena. So something wow. about Sp- Spachemin in Atlanta. Um <laughs> Random, random weird opener, but but solid. Uh, you liked Rashawn and Ca- and very Carter's quiet interplay, right? Here. Yeah, um, just a strange run of openers. Virginia in the Rain twice in a row. Dreaming Tree, epic, but also quiet. And then Spaceman um, to open here. Uh, but yeah, it was you know good version. We like the song as we've talked about before. Rashawn and Carter crushing it. Rashawn using that little underwater like wah sounding effect is pretty cool in the solo section. And and really an interesting unique start here with Spaceman Twenty Seven. Mm. We we like that song. Um, not played a ton. Yeah. Then One Sweet World. I think the crowd probably got back in there. That hadn't been played um, in over a month and a half. Nolan twenty four shows in between for One Sweet World. That is wow. rare. Fourth play of the um, tour. Unreal. I know, right? Because when we saw it early, it was like, yeah, we're definitely probably going to get uh, One Sweet World, I feel like. Um, didn't we see it this year? No, I don't think... Did we see it? It was not in... God, I just... It was not in Charleston. Yeah, there you go. So I just thought it was, because I think that I hear it so often that I just thought it was there. Um, but we 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 had a correspondent in Alpharetta as well, our, our good friend of the pod, Chip. And he was saying that the the start was a little a little sleepy there, um, and that sleepy start honestly did kind of continue with walk around the moon there. Mm-hmm. But when full of the ra- full in the rain kicked in, Nolan the crowd got into it as as you would expect, you know, a little bit of energy there, and then American Baby intro into so right mm. right here in the six and seven spot. Mm. Keep that guitar out there for those two songs. Uh, obviously, a direct segue coming out of ABI, if you will. Awesome version. I really, really like this American Baby intro. Um, and they're playing it a ton right now. Um, they're getting into a really nice groove on it. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if that uh, makes its way back after this break for the uh, West mm-hmm. Coast run. I'm sure it'll pop up at the Gorge. But see how Dave's voice is doing after, after these. But yeah, that's a cool AB intro. It won't be night three. No screaming in the desert. No yeah, one. you can't do that. Um, three days in the desert, no screaming allowed. Night three, that's the rule at the gorge. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to have this segueing into songs with the berry. And um, they're starting to pick it up a little bit here. Monsters, You Might Die Trying. They're grooving. And then um, you know, I think the highlight of the night were all the covers. You get Fool in the Rain. And then after Die Trying, you got... Uh, um, Melissa the one and only Chuck Lavelle and if you don't know mm-hmm. Chuck uh, Chuck is a keyboardist vocalist um, he uh, was a member of the Allman, Brother, Allman Brothers band throughout uh, the 1970s and he has served mm-hmm. as the principal touring keyboardist and musical director of the Rolling Stones a little band out of uh the uk i think i think i've heard of them before um he's been with them they're since. an indie band i think are they indie jam band yeah underground oh, okay um yeah rolling stone since 1982 and i mean he's been on uh, every rolling stone studio album released since 1983 except for one 
and he has also toured and recorded with Clapton, George Harrison, wow, David Gilmore of Pink Floyd, Government Mule, and John Mayer. What a resume for Charles Alfred Lavelle. And, uh, man, <laughs> he, he just like... The Chuckster. The Chuckster, man. He, he was digging it. Um, you could tell he, he just loved being out there with Dave and the guys. And I, I wonder... If he's friends with Dave, um, was this some type of like Warren Haynes introduction? How do how do they know each other? Who's friends with them? Um, a cool thing that happened though was this. I feel like it never happens, but the guys were posting videos from the little uh, rehearsal room um, of them practicing some of these songs, like Buddy loving it and Dave getting into it and Chuck. Um, really cool kind of a behind the scenes look there that doesn't happen a, uh, a whole lot but uh man yeah he joins them for Melissa Almond Brothers classic uh you'll remember that well from DMB at Piedmont Park and then uh mm-hmm. Grace is gone and then a cover of the Rolling Stones Honky Tonk Women Bruce and that was the highlight for me by far what would you take on uh on Chuck Guesting with the boys. Uh, just out of left field. Incredible stuff. Really, really cool. I mean, uh, you know, Dave's guested with the Stones before, uh, 97, 98, and I think also 2006 out in Seattle. Mm. Um, but it's been... He also did it, I think, another time. But regardless, it's it's been a while um, and very few times that Dave has kind of crossed paths with uh, Stones members, um, way more with like Almond Brothers and stuff. But yeah. regardless, um, Chuck was fantastic. He he said that it was a true pleasure, honor, and pleasure for him to be be out there. Um, so obviously, all of that resume stuff that you read about him, well, who gives a Chuck? He played on stage with DMB. <laughs> That's at the top of the resume now, playing on Melissa uh, right here, which was which is really cool to hear. It's always good to hear that song. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just a solid song. Chuck missed a little note there in the in the I think he missed a lyric, which was funny. But regardless, Chuck's he was he was he was crushing it there on the keys. And just sounded fantastic with the with the um, with the solo section, just all of the additions throughout the song. I really, really enjoyed it. Grace was great as always it just was another great keyboards piano solo and grace is gone i mean buddy's been crushing it with carter uh, and chuck did the same and then honky tonk women nolan i mean can you imagine being there though how fun and just incredible that was uh just to have that moment i mean you'd be losing your mind oh i know and it sounded great and when like the cowbell to start and then Tim comes in and wants to <laughs> so funny it's so good and he gotta have more cowbell and uh, Tim, as soon as Tim starts playing everyone's like okay yeah there it is I know what this is and uh, man great cover it was so much fun Bruce um, I will say though I w- if they're gonna cover if they're gonna do some covers with mem- a member or former member of the Almond Brothers. I oh, here we go. Where's gotta have a goes. whipping post cover. Yeah. I mean that's I believe Stefan said there was a show he tweeted it 
fairly recently, in like the last year, there was a show, I don't know if it was Piedmont, and um, they were going to play Whipping Post, but then ended up not doing it. And No. Oh, my God. that They would destroy Whipping Post. Uh, why? Why did that not happen? I don't know. I don't have Piedmont. Oh um, the Piedmont Park show. The Almond Brothers opened for DMB that show, and their encore was Whipping yeah. Post. So I don't know. We need to do some some more research on that Stefan uh, tweet. It was good stuff. Um, good cover. A lot of fun. Dave would sound really good singing that. I think. Oh yeah, I think he he would kill it for sure. I mean, he sounds great singing anything, but um, especially one like that where he could really get the Dave emotion going in the whales. Um, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, the rest of the show, um, pretty solid. Looking for a vein, satellite fake into So Damn Lucky, Madman's Eyes, Lion Our Graves. Nice. That's sticking around. That is the 13 of 14th plays for Lion Our Graves on the tour. That's unreal. Awesome. Um, graves into water, into wine, partial into you and me. Very short water into wine right there. And then uh, Pantala Rapunzel to close and a very unique encore. Fan of this for sure. Dave comes out, that tiny red guitar. And you're like, what could this be? It is Baby Blue. Dave Solo, Baby Blue, E1. First time Baby Blue has been played since 12 14, 2012. And Bruce, I mean. Wow. That's a long time, but you know what? Another crazy stat. We were there. We were. Seaville, baby. As was as was our Alpharetta correspondent, Chip. He was there. He had seen he's seen um, you know, he had seen the two baby blues there. But uh, they alas they played it there in West Palm Beach. So Chip, you have not been at the last several at the last one. Mm. But the last two previous, he had been. Um, yeah, what <laughs> 2012, unbelievable night one of that Seaville run wow. back then. That's so long. I couldn't, I could not believe it had been 11 years. Well, almost 11 years. Jesus, long time ago. We were up up close. That encore was Baby Blue, the riff into Ants. That's pretty, pretty nice. Pretty great encore right there. Um, I agree. I think I'd take this one with the Baby Blue and two step. Yeah, um, you can't. You can't beat a two-step, you can, regardless. You cannot. But yeah, that was that's awesome. Pretty cool closing out there in in Alpharetta, outside of Atlanta. And the next morning, our boy Chip actually ran into Jeff Coffin at a coffee shop. They were on their way to a, a tennis match there in Atlanta to to watch, and and Jeff happened to walk into the the coffee shop that they had stopped near downtown Atlanta. Uh, just freaking random. And, he, and Chip reported that Jeff was a fantastic guy. Obviously, took a picture with him. Uh, was super generous. So, uh, shout out to Jeff and shout out to Chip. Pretty cool. Pretty sweet. And uh, one more thing to close out that Alpharetta show. That was the third time Baby Blue and Two Step have been played in the encore together. Ooh. The other two being 2010 shows. Three seven twenty ten in Manchester, England, and. 2-20-2010 in Munich. Um, never in the States. Never in the States. And that Munich show featured a double encore. That was a baby blue two-step first encore all along the Watchtower second encore. 
So. Oh wow. How interesting. Very. I would not have guessed that Baby Blue and Two Step had never been played in the encore together in the states until that show. That is wild. Wild. That's stuff. awesome though. Great. That's a great stat. Oh, thanks. Um. Unfortunately, as we move on to the next show, which is Orange Beach, Alabama, um, we don't have a ton of good stats from this no. one. Um, Nolan, we're you know we just have to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. We're not a big fa- we're big fans of this show. Um, listen to some of it, and I think we'll point out the highlights here. But you know it's it's kind of pedestrian, but that's okay. I mean, I'm sure people there had fun. Mm-hmm. You had to win the world ends opener there, so there's that. Meh, crash. It was played early. That's pretty cool. Um, we, we like to see that come up, and then uh, something really unique here, right? Kind of mid set. So much to say into anyone seeing the bridge, into a too much fake, alas, not into ants marching, not into anything that you would have guessed. Too much fake directly into Warehouse with that under the table and dreaming intro. Really, really slick there. That They nailed it. Nolan, this was super cool. By far the coolest thing that happened in this show. Uh, never been done before. And... No. I love the, the crowd reaction is like... You hear those first couple warehouse notes, and they're like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> I like, I mean, this this may be one of the best fakes the band has done. Uh, it was really all. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Highlight of the show, for sure, Bruce. And um, you know, we'll mention the the tour debuts. We get a lying in the hands of God tour debut. Uh, and that goes into American Baby intro. How fitting. That's so cute. Because um, that's what <laughs> the crowd and the guys have been playing and doing uh, <laughs> in that long, drawn-out, lying in the hands of God over the years. But this is a you know, seven, almost eight-minute version, so not crazy, crazy long. Um, this, that's, a good, that's a good length for it, I think. And yeah. If you're going to go into something, go into American Baby intro. That's yeah. cool. Um, this is not a bad actually ending. I mean, really, the second half of the show is not really that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's different. just pretty. Yeah, um, another tour debut there in the E one slot with rye whiskey. Dave just can't set the bottle down. He just loves himself some rye whiskey, and he drank it for the first time this tour, which is fine. You can you can play it once a tour. That's fine. But it's so so shocking that rye whiskey pops up in this show uh, in Alabama, um, just as the one off so far this tour just it got played like i swear it got played like every show in the fall tour of 2022 like it was too way too much it was exhausting just reading the sound i know (laughs) i know so strong i wonder i gotta find out what something something changed here with these sets and it's epic um bruce we're gonna close out the show with oh actually we're done right i don't think we have anything else no they're on break now. Yeah. Just kidding, guys. West Palm Beachers. <laughs> We're going to leave you guys out. Uh, great venue. We've been there a handful of times. Um, it oh, has yes. always delivered. And it delivered again, night one, opening with so much to say, bridge too much. That's dope. Uh, first time so much to say has been played as an opener since October 18th, 2019. Uh, well, it's right around my son's birthday. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Wow, what a show! Um, 
so random that it was yeah, there. Yeah, what? Like, why did they do that? Uh, why did they open that show with that? Anyways, uh, yeah, of course, West Palm Beach is going to get busted stuff. So happy for them and so happy for everyone on this tour that's gotten busted stuff. It really means a lot that that everyone but us has gotten it. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, busted stuff, seven, walk around the moon, funny the way it is, lying in the hands of God into AB intro and then break free. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Pantala, Rapunzel, mid-set, no train wrecks here, I don't think. And then digging a ditch shows up third of the tour that's uh that's cool another underrated dmb song it's right up there with spaceman uh song that jane likes bruce old madman's eyes fake into so damn lucky monsters help myself looking for a vein gray street and then oh boy the ending here is another great close to a set. another great close to a set is there anything you want to add uh Before we, yeah, before we get into that part, I mean, just, you know, listen to some and watch some of the show. Dave seemed to be on one from the get-go. That's so much to say, Bridge, too much opener. Dave was absolutely feeling it. I put a note down that he had the Jimmy legs. I mean, that's so much to say. He just cannot stop moving either one of his legs. And something funny, um, you know, a lot of times Fonz, when he's getting ready to play the Anyone Seen the Bridge opening part, he kind of walks in front of the stage and gets to one side and then goes across. He went behind Carter, around Buddy, and all the way to the other side of the stage. Like So he disappeared behind the band and walked all the way around them to get to that one side of the oh. stage as opposed to just walking straight across the stage. So it was pretty funny. And he gets on his knees at the end and was just like rocking it out. Dave was loving it. That's um, epic. So that was a cool start. Yeah, Nolan, of course, West Palm also, they don't get songs cut, okay? They get songs added. Yeah. American Baby intro was added, not on the set list, and it was an awesome version. I think it might be the best one of the tour. This one and Alpharetta, for me, that I've heard so far are the best, too. So, um, you know, y- y- come at me if, if y'all don't think so. But I really, really enjoyed it. And... This helped myself, dang it, have not heard it, have not listened to the full serious stream, so I don't know if this was better than the original or the first version of the tour. Hopefully it was, but a solid set and then just a fantastic ending when you get these last two songs. Again, Nolan, solid, solid ending to main sets. What you are, two-step, ho, 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 baby. Yeah, that's uh, that's how we do it. The guys delivered. Wow, that's big it. time. I mean, that's up there with Stone Two Step. That's that's some big time energy right there. Uh, How dare you? Well, it is very unique. Only the sixth time these two have been played back to back. Third time closing a set. First time was August twenty fourth, two thousand one, at the Gorge. Second time. Do you know the second time, Bruce? Only because of the notes right in front of my face. Night 2, 2010, Charlottesville, November 20th, 2010. And we were there, of course. So we've been there for a lot of cool stuff that is popping back up this year. Mm-hmm. We were at the like last versions of things, which is which is pretty cool. I, I like that. I like that stat. I like it a lot. Yeah, that one had the, the jazz intro. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where they'd play the intro jazz style, and then he'd play it again in the song proper. 
Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But that that show had a crazy ending run. But yeah, I mean, Bruce, big time. What are you? What are your thoughts on uh, on the outro here going into two set? Well, um, thank you for leading me into <laughs> this note. I wanted to point out because I'd listened to some of the what yours and had noticed. Uh, something interesting, Dave hasn't been nailing the outro of don't trust me, trust yourself, and nailing that. He's kind of been bailing on it vocally. He's kind of, you know, dying, and that's okay. Um, his voice just peters out, kind of like on the bartender whales, but this time Nolan Strong by Dave. He, he like, reared back. Don't trust me, trust your... And then he nailed that self and belted it out and hit that note um, as only Dave can. And then um, I was very proud of him. So first time I think on tour, I bet Rab, uh, I mean Rob, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, I pronounce the two A's as A-A-A-B sometimes. Um, but yeah, I bet Rob was also very proud of Dave there. Um, there you go, guys. The last whales, like when he when he does the last screams on the outro. I'm not as big of a fan of those anymore. He, he kind of overdoes that kind of like shotgun, like a little bit too much screaming, but pray down on your, on your knees, mother effer. Yeah. A little bit too harsh. Wow. It's so great though. Gosh, I just, I just want to see that song more. I think I've seen it. Yeah. We never see it. Um, I think I've still only seen it once. So that's cool. I bet it's, I mean, that's probably one of our most rare songs that we've that we haven't seen that actually gets played. You know, it doesn't get played a ton, but that actually kind of gets played some. Probably one of our more rare songs, which is weird. Yeah. But Nolan, we go into the into the encore here. So obviously a great end to night one on the main set. Encore, Baby Blue, Jimmy and Brick House. Not my favorite encore. Not what I would want to necessarily see clothes in jimmy thing but hey it would give a nice little uh, buffer to get to the car and be able to still hear jimmy from outside and walking you just kind of you can leisurely stroll to the car while listening to you know still some good music but i don't necessarily see need to see my you know 30th or 20 something jimmy thing um i can beat traffic and get back to uh, a nice restful night's sleep absolutely yeah uh we i've actually you and I have both seen What You Are one time, the same number of times we've seen Be Yourself. So that is quite the stat. <laughs> That's epic. And more times than we've seen a full 34. So um, thank you, Dave. We appreciate it. Nolan, let's move on to West Palm Beach Night 2. The the show that closes out, I mean, we say this leg of the tour. I mean, it's really three-fourths of the tour yeah. pretty much here. It's not a leg. It's the majority of the tour it closes out uh, that that we have here. So West Palm Beach night two. What are they going to do? How are they going to close this out? With a bang? With a wet fart? Yeah, probably not a wet fart, Nolan. You'll lead us into night two. Some, what we got? Uh, Man, stone opener Bruce. I'm sure you were loving Huge. this popping up on the couch tour. Uh, seventh time opening in the last 10 years and Bruce I mean this one kind of proves your thinking about the Camden version I believe because mm-hmm. they uh, they went horde here 
Yeah, they brought back the the jamming outro with Jeff getting wild, Carter getting wild too. So no more subdued outro and stone to save Carter for two step like they did uh, up there in Camden. So yep, yep. I think I think my little hypothesis was right. I'm gonna stick to it, Nolan. I like that. I like that. Uh, man, big time stone opener for West Palm Beach night too. That's a great way to get things started. So are the next songs, Big Eyed Fish into Bartender. What a crazy run there to start, Bruce. That's uh, unique and just impressive. Dave, I mean, Dave is just getting it. He is getting it on this tour, and I love it. Yeah, something happened. Um, and I don't know what it was, but that is a just really cool opening run there. And the last time that those three songs opened a show back to back to back was... November 6, 2010, up in Philly. The only oh. other time oh. that those three were played back-to-back-to-back to back to back, um, as an opener. And then the only time other than that that they've been played, period, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, was also in South Florida, uh, in Sunrise, Florida, back in uh, 20, uh, 2001, <laughs> 2001, July 20th, my dad's birthday, 2001. And, yeah, so South Florida, something about getting Stone Big-Eyed Fish bartender back-to-back-to-back Every 22 years, you're going to get that down in South Florida. Wow. That is, wow, what a stat. Unreal. That's crazy. Unreal. Thanks, Almanac. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Madman's Eyes next. Drunken Soldier, Granny, Old Dirt Hill. Bring that beat back. Uh, Raven, tour debut. Bruce, I did not get a chance to listen to this one. Are we uh, Are we thinking it's got the, the jazziness? Um, that Buddy brings to it, like he did in previous versions. There's, um, it's n- no. Uh, there's more of a just kind of Dave solo intro ish. Mm. It's not like they were doing a couple years ago with kind of the jazzy or intro. Mm. I think where Buddy was adding some stuff, so they did not do that. It was a good version. They nailed it. Yes. Uh, I don't think they missed a change. They don't. Miss, they didn't miss a beat. So it was. It was good. Great song. Um, I had it on kind of in the background, so I may have they if they missed something, I missed it. So good on you, DMB, for for getting it past my ears. But yeah, that's fantastic uh, you, when you see that pop up there, and no, um, I just don't really understand why they don't play that song more with this lineup it is so daggone good super frustrating yeah that 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 one's a rarity um and it's it's just but, classic you know. dmb i mean the chord structures everything about it the dave chords i mean mm-hmm. it's it's top tier the time signature and changes and yes like horns yeah all great lyrics top tier um, dmb play it more it is. And a nice little run here with Raven. Then you've got the only thing. They're crushing that outro. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fantastic. Line our grave. So that was pretty cool. And then you got all you ever wanted was uh, was tomorrow. And I guess that's where the Raven, that's where Raven has been. The Raven's been picking at your eyes. Um, little lyric there. And all you wanted was tomorrow. And that's where Raven's been hiding, I guess. And then late in the evening, mid-set watchtower, Nolan. Love it. Uh, come down with Virginia in the rain. And only come down, meaning just it's quieter. This is fantastic song and carter is obviously loving it and then uh, we start winding out night two with a great typical situation here 
late in the set. This, yeah, which so they good. they crush it here. No, there's there's a little bit of mystique around West Palm as far as especially when it was hot, as hot as it was this year yeah. that the band kind of plays a little bit more mellow shows. Maybe a little bit you can say that here. I mean, you're looking at songs like, you know, a little bit of Drunken Soldier and Dirt Hill, um, even Raven a little bit. All You Wanted Was Tomorrow, Braves. Virginia Rain, Typical, um, you know, those are a little slower. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, I don't know if the heat really did too much to these guys. I mean, we've got Typical. It also has that nice outro there. After everything's kind of crazy, and then the end of the show, they're just like, you know what? We're going to let Carter just basically take over uh, from here on out. And when you close the the set with Cornbread and Ants, um, there's a lot of Carter going on there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, CB and the Ants, cool way to end the show. Uh, cool segue. I know Cornbread has its haters. I've always loved it. So Cornbread mm-hmm. and the Ants, that's a lot of dancing, a lot of good uh, good times being had there. And then we get a unique encore. Bruce. Oh, well, hold. hold. Oh. Speaking of unique. Yes. I haven't listened to a ton of Ants Marchings this tour, but I noticed something about this one. It has, it had a new outro-ish to it. They went kind of the normal, you know, don't, don't, and each person kind of playing. And then right at the end here, we get this like, swinging big band version kind of of the outro that almost sounds like new orleans jazz almost like all you wanted was tomorrow um that they played here and it was really cool um so that was interesting that they threw threw something unique in there um you know dmb just always keeping us on their toes or always keeping us on our toes love that but yeah go on uniqueness encore let's go (laughs) yeah it's bruce in fact it's so unique it's never been done before. There has never been a Christmas wow. song crush encore. Um, these songs. Just a couple of C's cutting it yeah, up. Songs have never been played back to back. So that is pretty wild. They've only ever been played in the same show 42 times. Um, but yeah, I got to think the, uh, the Christmas song tour debut here had to do with the heat. Just had to be some type of joke amongst the band. Uh, I think Jeff posted something after, like, "Oh my God, it's like it was so hot." Um, I can't. Brutal. We've been there. Uh, you live in Florida, but I, the times I've been to West Palm, it's just like, I, I mean, so swampy. It's uh, oh. ridiculous. But man, ending ending this part of the tour with Crush possibly their best song in the live setting um it's definitely up there definitely one of carter's best and for him to to go out crushing that uh i mean great show great weekend here bruce i mean no complaints i don't have many complaints about this tour at all up to this point except that we didn't get busted stuff and i'm gonna say it on every episode (laughs) but uh no, no, not no complaints here. This was this was solid and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and West Palm Night Two, number one rarity, DMB Almanac. 
Um, and that show had 13 songs played just a single digit number of times so far in the tour, including two tour debuts. And you're talking about uh, the tour as a whole, but just these six shows that we just recapped, nine tour debuts over those six shows. Um, so they're still nice. keeping it fresh. They're still throwing stuff in. I agree with you, man. It's been... It has been a lot of fun just following it. You can't say that about every single tour. Sometimes mm-hmm. they get a little more stale. But this one has, I tell you what, over the past month or so, really, really kicked into gear. And it's just been a lot of fun. So kudos kudos to the band for that. Whatever whatever got into them, Dave himself, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been awesome. Yes, it has, Bruce. And I think they're going to keep it up. Uh, they've got a few shows left. They... West Coast's not getting a, a ton of love these days, um, but the mm. band will be on a break until they hit the West Coast on August 24th in Highland, California, followed by two nights in Irvine, then one in Bend, and then tour wraps up. Three days Only seven more at the Gorge, Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, ho- yeah. hoping by the time they uh, start playing again that we'll have some fall tour dates. I think that is bound to happen uh, in an album tour year uh, or an album new album year. Got to happen. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, but Bruce, one uh, they have confirmed one tour that's upcoming. Yeah, there have been you know rumors and things around about um, Europe in spring of 2024, and it has been confirmed by multiple people, uh, but most importantly, Dave himself, who has mentioned it more than once now, uh, once to like just a fan, I believe, and then another, I believe, was on Questlove's podcast. Um, why isn't he coming on our podcast? Like, Questlove, who is that? I mean, seriously, come on, uh, come on, Dave. Like, seriously, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Questlove, what, what is that? Who, who spells their name with a question mark? No, but um, anyways, really, really cool that Dave did that, and I wish he would come on the pod. But I'll Open invitation um, to Dave and any band member. We'd love to have mm-hmm. you, and it would be probably the best experience of your life. Oh, yeah, just as Rust and Kelly said, this was, we were the best interview. Uh, they will think the same. But, yep, yeah, and then, like you said, it looks like a fall tour is going to happen. But, unfortunately, people think it's going to be pretty small. And if you're west of, well, definitely west of the Mississippi, but west of, uh, it's not going to be very far west at all. It's going to be east coast. It's going to be eastern standard time. It is going to be um, places they've been before, likely. Um, and we're looking at, Hopefully a Seville weekend and an MSG weekend, and we'll see what else happens. But we'll leave it at that for now, Nolan. Um, and speaking of Charlottesville, you know, I wanted to make a correction and point something out. When we were talking about Dreaming Tree opener, mm. I think the story that I was talking about was for something else. Uh, the Dreaming Tree opener story, actually, I believe it's, and this is pretty credible, uh, that Greg Howard's uh, memorial service was that was that same day down in Charlottesville um, and that night DMB opened with Dreaming Tree so if if any of you who don't know who Greg Howard was um, you know fantastic musician played Chapman Stick uh, on the version of Dreaming Tree on Before These Crowded Streets <clears throat> he was a famous Charlottesville musician and he was on uh, you know he guested a couple times with the band as well but friends of the band um, so that could have been a nod to 
to Mr. Greg Howard um, and just a little tribute to him by opening that night with Dreaming Tree. So apologies for the the first thing, but I was uh, I was reminded of of what it was likely for. So good nod by Dave. If so, absolutely, Dave. Always thinking of others, and uh, that's going to wrap it up, Bruce. We got a potential uh, potential for some interviews lined up here during this break. Um, so hopefully mm-hmm. we'll be back sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah. Everyone be on the lookout uh, for more content. And I think that's going to do it, Bruce. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. We went way longer than we yeah. thought, but that's okay. DMB did a lot of cool stuff. So please make sure that, um, you know, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, leave us a leave us a like and um, or a, a good review, a like, a follow, and a good review on your podcast service, whatever that may be, Apple preferably on the reviews five stars please and then give us a follow um on all of our socials at gray street pod on most of those you know how to find us um yeah thank you guys again for joining us nolan great as always and we'll see you guys very very soon on the corner of gray street Hey everyone, it's Chris Pandolfi inviting you to check out the new season of my podcast, Inside the Musician's Brain, with new episodes airing now. Hearing it in that room, these guys playing this thing and trying to figure out how to play this song was mind-blowing. It's so inspiring to know there's so much more to it than you ever thought, and it just opened another door. But when people find faith because they need to, in terms of just filling a void to feel better without actually being better, that's when it becomes... A crutch much like you know, drugs and alcohol do. Man, I don't have all the time in the world here. If I want to be a professional bluegrass musician, I felt like I had to take a very like strategic approach, just trying to get rid of the barriers and, and figure out what those barriers were. The feelings still come and I have to reckon with that, but I think I have better ways of moving forward and not being stuck, which I think was the killer for me. Catch all that and so much more on the new season of Inside the Musician's Brain.